What's going on, everybody? Lou and Steve here from Since the Sandbox. We had a nice NBA episode earlier today with Steve and Kev, and now we are here with some football. What's going on, guys? NFL QBs that we would start our franchise with. The obvious answer would be Patrick Mahomes, but we're just going to judge this off the other quarterback that are still on their rookie deals. I'm going to hop in with my first one. As a New York Giants fan, I'm going to stand behind the pick that we made in the first round. And I'm going to say that I would start a franchise with Daniel Jones. His turnovers were definitely a problem, but I also think the offensive line was was a big issue. He was sacked 38 times in 12 games, Lou. That's kind of like a crazy number, you know what I mean? And then having 12 interceptions and 15 lost fumbles, those are things that after your rookie year, you know, you just kind of, you get used to, you you see how the game is, you know, you get comfortable with your offensive line, like you see how the pass rushers come differently. So I definitely think those numbers will be cut in half in in at least each of those categories. But he did pass for over 3,000 yards and had 24 touchdowns. He was just a couple touchdowns shy of the rookie record that Baker Mayfield has. But, you know, having a completion percentage above 60%, and he had an 87.7% passer rating. I just think that he's eventually going to take the steps to kind of be the next, I don't want to say be the next EY, because I feel like those are hard shoes to fail. I mean, I, in my opinion, he's a Hall of Famer. But I, I definitely think he could be the, the franchise for the Giants. And he has a lot of running potential. You know, he had two rushing touchdowns last year. And he almost had 300 rushing yards. So I think he's like a sneaky, underrated runner. So I think he fits with the whole new, you know, NFL offense of having that that whole dual threat thing. So I, I think he can find ways to make it work. And I think he'll make players around him better, you know, getting another year with Saquon, hopefully having a healthy Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. Hopefully Evan Ingram can play a whole season, you know what I mean? So I definitely think that he will take the steps to be a vocal leader and will be a successful franchise quarterback. Yeah, I agree, man. Honestly, the only thing, like you said with him, is like pocket presence, just getting more comfortable in there and not being as, you know what I mean, not happy feet, but staying composed and not forcing the turnovers. But like you said, man, that's a that's a second-year thing. So he's just going to keep developing, and he's really, really young. The guy that I picked is probably the most off I've ever been on a draft pick of all time, and it's Josh Allen. He was just incredible, Steve, last season. I'm pretty sure he had, what was it, 20 touchdowns passing. I think he had a couple more on the feet, had over 3,000 yards, and only nine intos. I mean, if he didn't get hurt, Steve, uh, in those couple games, uh, the New England one where he got the concussion, I mean, he could have strung together a really nice season, and he's on the come up, man. He, he's big, he's strong, has a big arm, plays well behind a good old line. And honestly, the more weapons they get him like they have this season, Steve, I, I think Josh Allen like is a really, really great like standard for a young quarterback because like, I'm pretty sure he's the youngest of that four that was drafted, no? He could be. Second youngest. It's Donald. Donald's the youngest, and then he is the next one. But, but dude, Josh Allen is, is a grown man playing already, and for $5.2 million, I'll take him on my squad. And, Lou, it's going to be interesting to see now that he has a, a number one receiver. Cole Beasley and John Brown, those are, were his one and two last year. Those are going to be his two and three now. So if he still has, you know, a good connection with those guys and he can connect with Diggs on some deep routes, I mean, that offense is really going to be good. And I, I think Singletary can get the job done at the running back position, I, I think that they will probably try and add another veteran or, or someone like that to just make sure that, you know, they can kind of maintain the, the top dog in, in the AFC East. 
but I'm going to come in with my next quarterback, and that's last season's MVP, Lamar Jackson. I definitely think that after seeing him two seasons, you know, going the playoffs, they, they have a good team, and the Ravens struggle as a team that they did. He's definitely going to have to improve there. I think that'll come, but when you have the title MVP, that's just kind of going to stick to you. You know what I'm saying? When he's in the pocket, turnovers aren't an issue for him. He has 11 total turnovers in, in his career when he just stays in the pocket. The problem is when he becomes a rusher and he, he gets hit, you know, he's not used to taking the hits that, that some guys are going to put on him. And he had 18 fumbles as a runner. So I think if they're going to continue to use him in that manner, he's definitely either going to have to get out of bounds, learn how to slide, or just try to do things differently so he can prevent that whole situation. I think the Ravens are really just kind of missing that number one receiver presence, and I know they use the tight ends to kind of make up for it. But I'm hoping, you know, a healthy Marquise Brown, Lou, even though you think he's going to have a slump year this year, I, I think he's going to show the bounce back in his second year. And I think he can definitely be a guy that'll be a 1,000 yards. But I, I don't know if he'll be dominant enough to draw attention away from guys, you know, like, double-teaming Mark Andrews, you know what I mean? I don't know if he'll get that respect yet. But his completion percentage, his touchdowns, his yards, and his QBR have all drastically increased over the past couple, two years. So I think he is taking the steps as a passer where he always gets those critiques. I think it's just a matter of, like I said, doing it in the playoffs, doing it more consistently and bringing more team success, like I said, throughout rather than just the individual success. But Lou, I I don't know if he'll ever get to the point over 1,200 rushing yards. I think that that was, you know, a really steep asking of the quarterback. And the fact that he got there just shows all the talent that he has. But, you know, I think it's just going to really affect his game if they try and take it away from him. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Yeah, I agree. My biggest problem with him is just the mindset he they have like instilled in him. It's like pass second and run first. But like we saw, like you said in the playoffs, that once they're behind, he doesn't really know how to switch that where it's like, okay, we need to throw five passes straight in a row. You know what I mean? I need to sit in the pocket for five straight plays, make five straight completions, and move the chains. I think that's what they kind of have to instill in him is you can throw the ball, man. You can sit and be patient and, and make those laser throws because his arm's a lot better than people expected. And, and like you said, Stevie, he is a good thrower on the run. And, and the only way he does get himself into trouble is running a little too much. And if he can really find a good balance and then realize that passing is going to have to take over as his number one skill, then yes, dude, he, he is the sky's the limit for that dude. He, he might, Steve, be, be the most talented quarterback on the planet outside of Pat Mahomes. Yeah, no, he, he definitely could be. He just does it differently. And I think that that's the whole thing that, you know, as fans of the NFL, as people who watch it, you know, and, and just talk about it like we are now, I think we just have to realize that the defensive players are changing, you know. These guys are getting bigger, faster, stronger, and they're, they're getting to the quarterback different ways. Like, look at Aaron Donald. An interior defensive lineman never had an impact on the game like he has had. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of, of changing the game. And I think his style of play can have success if they continue to do it right. I just worry about, about the long-term effects of this because we see uh, what, what's happening with Cam Newton now. We, we saw what happened with RG3. It's just kind yeah. of like a repetitive thing. But I, I think that Lamar Jackson can strive just as as a passer and, and that's why I have him on here you know that's why I would stop my franchise with Lamar Jackson no I, I completely agree with you on that 
And my guy, who is someone, again, I wasn't high on coming out, but he has shown that he is not just a runner and isn't that happy feet kind of guy. It's Kyler Murray. I mean, kind of what the Dolphins hope Tua is going to be. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the best comp we have for Tua. But I, I think that Kyler Murray is just unbelievable. He has good footwork in the pocket, great on the run, has a killer arm, and he's a lot more accurate than I thought, Steve. And he's so young and was just kind of a... I don't know. I feel like he tried to do too much, but like he was able to do a lot more than I thought, Steve. You know what I mean? Only 12 picks last season, 20 touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he had over 4,000 yards combined with running and passing. And I think he had uh, at least, excuse me, five, five rushing touchdowns on the season. So that's another person, Steve, who depending on the personnel and how they use them, he could be a lethal weapon in the NFL. Yeah, he definitely can, especially with with all his new toys out there. So I I think that offense is fit perfectly, you know, to fit for him, and and that's why you know Kingsbury went went over there and got him. But someone that that just got their receiver taken from them is now in Arizona, and that's Deshaun Watson, and he's the third guy on a rookie contract that I would take to stop my franchise. My things with with Deshaun is that he just has to stay on the field, and you know prevent the injuries Lou me and you talk about this year in and year out sometimes like he just can't be afraid to throw the ball away and live for another down extending the plays five six seconds and then getting sacked a crazy amount of times you know that just kind of like deteriorates the team sometimes and it just you can't always have those chunk plays to make up all those yards so that's his biggest critique but on the opposite side of that I mean, he's just, he's an absolute born winner. He's never had a season where his quarterback rating was lower than a 98. Uh, he has 10 game winning drives. He's a slept on rushing threat. He's really one of the pure passers that can just kind of sling it around around the field. And I think the loss of D-Hop will definitely have an effect on him. But if Will Fuller can stay healthy, we, we see the success he has with a weapon. But if he's just going to continue to be injured, I don't know if Randall Cobb in... Brandon Cooks can pick up the slack that DeAndre Hopkins was bringing to that offense. Yeah, I agree. And it could be a growing experience for Deshaun and kind of show him like, oh, hey, like I don't just have to scramble around till Hopkins gets open. Like I don't have to wait for Nuke and just put myself at risk. And like you said, the longer the play goes, the more the O-linemen get beat up, the more you get beat up, the more the receivers get pushed around in coverage. And um, see if he makes that small adjustment and gets a better O-line, Steve, again, I think personally, outside of Rodgers, the best deep ball thrower in the league is Deshaun Watson. That dude downfield, along with Russell Wilson and Rodgers, is like money, dude. Like he he can sling it and, again, sky's the limit, man. What is he, 24, 25? His arm talent is phenomenal, and I would put him up there with, with Aaron Rodgers as far as arm talent goes. I think he would definitely benefit, you know, from being in a different – kind of coaching scheme and situation obviously through the years having d hop you know he he's produced top five quarterback numbers and that's how we talk about him year in and year out but i just think if he had kind of more of a new school guy with more complimentary pieces like a solid o-line you know solid receivers throughout and you know a just better running threat obviously uh lamar miller what was supposed to be a key back there but he's been injured and they really haven't had a, a good running back besides him since Arian Foster. So I, I think they're trying with the David Johnson experiment here. But I don't know. I, I think I think he could definitely be a guy that we would talk about top two, top three. I mean, not that we don't already, but it, there was a different coaching scenario. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, Steve, my last guy, I mean, I liked him coming out. I didn't think he was anything crazy. But man, Drew Locke played five games last season, over a thousand yards in those five games, went four and one, 64% completion percentage, seven touchdowns to, to, I'm pretty sure one or two picks, three picks. I'm sorry, but man, he looked good. They didn't have a ton of weapons. They were kind of beat up at the end, Steve, and maybe everyone didn't take them as serious as they should have. But you know what? You know what this remind Drew Locke reminds me of? It's a Josh Allen and Big Ben smushed together. Because he's a big dude who's not greatly mobile, but can take a couple of big hits and just has an absolute cannon, man. And I would love to start a franchise with this dude. His salary is $1.7 million. And if I'm the Broncos, I'm jumping for joy. I mean, they have good weapons now a good O-line, and a great defense. I mean, man, he he is maybe the most poised to have a, a surprising season next year. Elway definitely set it up that way. You know, we, we saw with the draft, they got two receivers early. Last year, they got Noah Fant. I think if they can beef up that O-line a little bit. Uh, obviously, Garrett Bowles isn't really working out at left tackle, but they just declined his fifth-year option. Hopefully, you know, He'll get a little motivated by that and play better this year. But, Lou, I do think that, that he could be solid going throughout, and his play did impress me at the end of last season. We saw what, what Corlin Sutton turned into when they were on the same page, and just imagine Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay in that offense, how scary that would be. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are two top pass rushers in the NFL, and the fact that they're on the same team, with A.J. Boye and Justin Simmons in the secondary, that team really is going to be scary. And, and sadly for them, they're in the division of the defending Super Bowl champions. That Chargers team is no slouch team, neither with Tyrod leading them. So I wouldn't sleep on the Raiders either. I think all those teams are going to be good. And just like the the NFC West, I, I think all those teams can compete. Definitely. Like we said on uh, the last episode, that is easily the best Actually, not easily because the North is pretty good as well, depending on Cleveland. But, Steve, that might be the tightest race we have in the AFC for sure. Oh, yeah, it it definitely will be. And, you know, I hope the coronavirus doesn't affect the season because the way some of these rosters are shaping up, it's going to be fun. And seven NFL teams making the playoffs, I mean, I'll, I'll take all the extra football we can get. Absolutely, dude. I cannot wait to just see some live sports, man. Let's get it. But, guys, that wraps things up for this episode since the Sandbox, baby.